The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation. Good to... I wish I could see you. Good to be seen. I wish I could see you. Uh, we're strolling live. So if you're listening to the podcast, you can uh, join our Facebook group and you can uh, come to these lives for free and ask your questions in person if you like. And if that's not your bag, you can always email support or grow my cleaning company with a question and we'll do our best to get you on. That said, I know we've got a lot of questions, so let's not jabber. Lindsay, who's up first and how can we help? All right. Up first, we have Sheila Woodward and she wants to know, how do you transition from residential cleaning to commercial cleaning? She says, I'm successful in residential, but would like to have at least one to three commercial contracts for financial purposes. All right. So I hate, I didn't, I'm always going to do the best answer I can to help, but oftentimes it's not the answer people are looking for. So I'll give you two. I'll give you the answer you're looking for, how to do that. And I'll give you the answer I would rather give you, certainly if I was coaching you live uh, or face to face, I should say, since this may be live, you may be, you may be here with us. Um, a, it's really weird how a lot of residential want to go to commercial. Very few times do commercial want to go to residential, but they don't know why. I think they have this nebulous sense of, I'll make more money but that's almost never the case. Um, so let me just, let's just do a little bit of quick math. And I think they're like, well, what do you mean I won't make more money? There's residential clients that are like $5,000 or my commercial client or my, I'm sorry, there's commercial clients are like $5,000, my residential are like three or $400. It's like, yeah, but the commercial sales cycle might be three or four months long and it takes a lot more work and you, you might be able to sell $5,000 of residential clients in that thing. So, or in that time. And people think they're the same, but that's like me going, well, I could be a soccer coach or a baseball coach or a, performance coach or a coach to cleaning companies. It's all coaching. So isn't it the same? It's like, not really. Um, and not just as the delivery different and the, the cleaning is not wildly different, but the sales cycle is different and how you staff it is different. And when you're going to be working, you know, residentials Monday to Friday, eight to five commercials, the opposite of that. So you're working 24 seven. So it's the same thing when residential, like I need to get another city. I want to open it. I want to be nationwide. So they'll say stuff like, I want to open a commercial division or I want to be nationwide. I'll go, why? Like, I want to grow. I want to grow faster. And we just do some basic math, right? Like say you're in an average town of a hundred thousand people, which is actually probably much smaller than average, but just to make the numbers easy and make it small, that might represent, I don't know, 40,000 households. Just, I'm just guessing. I don't know how many houses there would be, you know, not apartments. Let's be conservative. Say it's only 20,000. I'm guessing it's way more than that probably way more, but let's say it's 20,000. You're like, I only want to serve the top 20% in terms of homeowner value and all that sort of stuff. Well, of those 20,000, that means you've got 4,000 potential clients um, in, that are perfect, that are the top 20% that you want. And I'll go, how many clients do you have? 3,000, 3,500, where are we at? And they're like, 23. And I'm like, so you think the, the problem is we need to go get more clients because your 23 out of 4,000 is the problem. The 4,000 limiter is a problem. We need to go to another town with another 4,000 or maybe 10,000. It makes no sense. So we do the same thing with commercial thinking. That'll be the magic thing. But the reality is it's almost always just stroking our ego. I'll feel cool or I want something new and sexy. And that's fine. If you want something new and sexy, go get it. But if it's for financial reasons, I can almost guarantee you the next best step would be either you're not making money the way you are now. That's not because residential is not profitable. We coach residential and commercial both to a 30% net profit. So it's not like 
And they also think commercial is more profitable. It is not. I can assure you, we coach people all over the world. So we coach with 30% net profit, whether it's residential or commercial. And just because the, the contract sizes can be larger in commercial, they take longer to get, right? So um, I would I would really want to coach this, Sheila, on when you say for financial reasons, what does that mean? Like, I'm guessing what you think commercial is going to do for you is not going to do for you. And starting a whole new thing of, hey, commercial person, I don't have any experience. I don't have any other clients. I don't have anyone to clean nights is a lot harder than just picking up another residential client. So that would be my real answer is just let's really walk through. And if you're like, well, I'm not making any money. You probably think you're not making any money because it's residential that's bad, but we coach very profitable residential companies. It ain't that, right? So we've got to fix the actual problem in your business, not residential is not your problem. That said, if you're like, I don't care, Mike, just shut up and answer my question. Um, I would sell them just the same as anyone else. You've got to understand what their pain is. You've got to articulate how to solve that. You've got to create a marketing plan. It really is. The execution is different because their pain is going to be different, but the way that you're going to reach out to them is exactly the same. So that might've been a very long, boring answer to a short, not so boring question, but did that make sense, Lindsay? Anything I need to clear up or close a loop on or did that all kind of halfway make sense? Yeah, I think that made more than halfway sense. I think that all was right. a great answer. We'll yeah. take 52%. Let's go. <laughs> 52%. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm I'm going out of the order of questions I had here a little just because you um, hit on a profit percentage because someone asked some questions about figuring out COG, COGS percentages, profit percentages. So um, this was Melissa Ferranti's question. Can you break down exactly what goes into cost of goods sold? Sure. So, and by the way, if we've got happy to answer that and what we do, if anyone is listening live and wants to jump in, sneak in. We love our uh, email people, but we also want the live folks if they get something that Lindsay thinks would be helpful for the group. So jump in with a question. Um, yeah. So COGS, people get really confused about that. We can, I'll go kind of deep. Um, first and foremost, let me use kind of all the different language people use because it might be familiar to you. So COGS can also be considered um, variable costs um, in that they go up and down with the job, right? So fixed costs or expenses are the same regardless of your work. So if you rent a building for your business and it's $1,000 a month, the landlord doesn't really care if you make a million dollars out of the building or no money. It's a thousand bucks a month. However, if you have cleaners doing job, that's variable, right? If you do $100,000 in cleaning that month, your, your payroll, your cleaner cost is probably going to be somewhere around 40%, 50% if you're doing it right. Um, and if you have no cleanings that week, then your cost will be nothing, right? So anything that's a variable cost like that, that goes up and down directly with your cleaning would be a, a cost of goods sold. So the biggest, most obvious cost of goods sold is um, labor, like labor to do the physical people doing the cleaning. Second would be, and included in that labor would be things like workers' compensation, because that goes up and down. That's usually per hour, right? Like if I pay 20 bucks an hour, depending on my rate, my state, blah, 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 might be a buck 50 an hour, right? So that would be rolled in. Same with payroll taxes, everything kind of like, if you have no payroll, you're, you have no payroll taxes or workers' compensation. So all the stuff included in paying your people, uh, your cleaners, not your people, would be a cost of goods sold. And then the little stuff that you could kind of argue on would be, or split hairs over, um, credit card fees, right? If you don't have any customers, you don't have any you know, credit card fees, so it'd be zero. Other people could argue, well, you don't really need the credit card fees or optional. I like counting them as a COGS, but you could fight me on that and I wouldn't fight you too hard. Um, so workers comp payroll tax and uh, payroll for cleaners is for sure. I would put throw credit card expenses in there as well. And then the last big piece would be like supplies 
And I think sometimes people overstate those because technically, <laughs> if you buy rags, those are an asset. Like you don't consume those rags on the job. You take them from job to job. So they'd be either a supply or, or they actually technically be an asset or you could expense them. Only thing that would really be a cost of goods sold is like stuff that gets consumed there. Like the amount of liquid you actually spray and leave at the house, that's technically a cost of goods sold, but it's so daggum tiny. I don't really worry about that too much, you know? So like a backpack vacuum say, oh, that's not tiny. That's 600 bucks or whatever they cost nowadays. That would be an asset or an expense, but not a cost of goods sold. But if the job required a backpack vacuum, or say you rented a backpack vacuum for that job and it costs hundred bucks and you gave it back, you only had it for that job, that would be a cost of goods sold. So that's a... Uh, <laughs> that's a, a long, boring. Oh, and then mileage uh, and drive time, anything you pay to physically get the people to provide the work, all of that would be cost consumed. All right. Super important question. Um, who'd you say that was? Melissa? That was Melissa. Uh huh. Yeah. Boring she, answer, but important question. Go ahead. She asked a really good follow up question to that. So she said, if I'm cleaning on a job with my crew, should I be factoring my pay into COGS? That's a really good question. Yeah. I'm constantly, I don't say yelling at my people, but encouraging them on that one. So there's two different answers. It depends on what you want to get out of your books. So technically, yeah, here's how I'm going to tell you how to do it. When we have our client, for if you were my client, I would say absolutely put that in there for a really good reason. The two mistakes that we make is over or undervalue our time as we're cleaning, right? So we're like, well, I get paid you know, say you have a cleaning company and however many hours you clean, you pay yourself seven grand a month. And you're like, well, included in that is cleaning. It's like, well, not really because the cleaning, you're only really saving the money that someone else would be making. So no cleaner is going to make seven grand a month, right? So we overvalue it in like, oh, I'm cleaning and I pay myself 10 grand a month. So cleaning is worth 10 grand a month. No, it's really not. Or we'll undervalue it with the craziest statement cleaners make, which is, oh, my time's free. So that doesn't count. Are you out of your goddamn mind? That's the most valuable thing that you have. What are we doing? Like, that's the most value. You're the least free. You're the most expensive employee in the, in the joint because you should be making the most value, right? So the way I would have you do it, which is a little extra headache, but I really want to clean costs of goods sold for me and my company. If I was doing this, um, I would have you pay yourself just like any other employee. And if separate from that, you want to pay yourself as an owner, fine. So say like, I give myself a $3,000 a month salary, and I pay myself the same 18 bucks an hour any other employee makes when they clean. That's how I would do it. Because what happens if you don't do that, at the most extreme, if you have no employees, you're like, my cost of goods sold is zero. And say, like, well, but it's not. And then you, then when you go to hire, you have a rude awakening, right? Because there's no money left over to pay people. So you want to make sure you pay yourself so you see the profit is separate from the pay. Um, but if you kind of intermix those and commingle your time, is a, is a cleaner, then you never know what the real profit is and you never know if you can afford employees. I feel like I didn't articulate that quite well, but that's an important one. Did you get that, Lindsay? And you cheat because you already know all this stuff. <laughs> I do. I do. It made sense to me, but I've heard it. Uh, <laughs> I've heard it before, but um, you answered another follow-up question because she was going to say, should a rate be the same as theirs when factored in or higher? But you answered that thousand percent perfectly without me even going into it. Yeah, all right. If you just to be clear, if you guys are cleaning, you are worth no more or no less to the company than any other person cleaning, right? You're like, well, I could do, I, but you're not because when you're cleaning, you're not running the company, you're not doing something else. So I'm very, I'm much more expensive. My day rate is would be, you know, five figures. If you hired me to fly out with you and you paid me to clean, regardless of what I'm charging you, I'm still worth the same 15, 20, probably less. I'm not, I'm not a great cleaner. So 
Potential doesn't mean anything, right? When you're doing the work of an owner, you get paid as the work of an owner. When you're doing the work of a cleaner, you're getting paid the work of a cleaner. You can hire hire Donald Trump to clean and say, I don't know, he's probably pretty good at real estate. I mean, he seems to have made a lot of money, right? Or Elon Musk or pick, pick whore if you want that is worth a lot of money. When they're cleaning toilets, they're only worth 15 bucks or 20 bucks an hour. They're not, you know, unless you're going to sell tickets to watch, they're kind of only worth that. So don't, don't overvalue. When you're cleaning, you're worth the same as any other cleaner. I feel like that should be some kind of social media post, like someone having Donald Trump or Elon Musk clean their toilets. You just gave me ideas. I definitely think you can sell tickets and then it, it changes everything. For the sake of cleaning that toilet, not going to do a better job, probably worse than your current cleaners. Weird visual there. Hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show, for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show. Okay, let's move on. Um, Let's see here. Haley Morgan, she said, I started cleaning when I lost my job. Long story short, I'm still cleaning. I make about four to 5,000 monthly. I need the income right now to keep me afloat. What would you recommend to get out of cleaning? I need about 2,500 for my personal and business bills. So I love that question and the honesty, Haley. Um, And I love you are the type that we love helping owners turn into cleaners or sorry, cleaners turn into owners and get out of cleaning, helping six figure businesses that are, you know, turn into seven. So you're right up our, uh, right up our alley sister. So there's two ways to go about it. I'll give you the way I would do it, which is a little more aggressive. And then I'll give you the conservative way, which is a little less scary. So people feel, and again, you're only worth, I'm going to call it 20 bucks an hour. I understand in some cities, it could be more, some cities, it could be worth less, but we're just going to call it 20 bucks an hour for cleaner as of now. When you're cleaning toilets and you're like, well, hold on. I cleaned two houses today and it took me seven hours and they paid me 300 bucks. So seven divided by 300 is, I don't know what that is, 30 bucks an hour, more than 20 bucks. But you're getting paid to find that customer, to sell that customer, to build the systems, to have the insurance, to get hire the person that's you, to get the supply, all the other work, you're getting paid above and beyond. Just for the cleaning, all you're getting paid is the 20 bucks an hour that you saved, right? That you didn't have to pay somebody else. So say that was seven hours times 20 bucks, you saved $140. Um, So if you, if the options are you sitting on your butt at home watching TV or cleaning, yes, not cleaning will cost you $140. That makes perfect sense. But ideally, you're not going to sit on your butt. You're going to go sell something, sell another client. Say you get another client in seven hours, you knock on doors, you go into Facebook groups, you call your friends and family, you call your current clients for referrals, you figure out how to do a Facebook ad, whatever. You spend seven hours, you get one client. And on residential, you can get a client in seven hours of of labor. And that client's worth 400 bucks a month and they stay for three years. Well, that's $12,000 you made in that seven hours. Much more profitable, even if you're like, well, I have to pay half of it to the cleaner. Fine, you only made $6,000 in that seven hours. Your pay just went way up. So I'm always going to bet on me. If I really believe in the business, I'm going to take that time, that 140 bucks I could have saved by cleaning, I'm going to take it to do something higher value, namely selling um, or raising prices on the current customers or doing something that's a high value. 
So that's what I would say for most of the time. But if you're like, literally, I'm going to go homeless. I can't spare a nickel, not even once. Then you're just going to have to do double time. You're going to have to clean, clean. And then the problem is most of the time, especially if you clean six, seven hours a day or eight, God forbid, you're awesome. You come home mentally and emotionally. So there's, even if technically on paper, you're like, well, I could, you know, work eight hours of cleaning and working eight hours here. You could, but that's not sustainable. And it's not likely you're going to do that, but let's just pretend that's what you do. Um, the way you do it is, uh, I, I won't get into the math of it, but if your cost of goods sold is 50%, we suggest it to be a little lower, but if it's 50%, you can hire one and give one away. So every time you get a new client, you give that client plus another one of yours to a cleaner. And with a 50% cost of goods sold, your income won't change. So I won't get into the math of how that works, but just trust me, if you every time you get a new client, if your cost of goods sold is 50%, you should be a little lower. Um, you have a cleaner do that new client and one of the clients you're doing now, you, your pay won't change a bit, but you'll do one less job. So the way you get out is everything just keep selling until if you're doing like 20 jobs a, 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 a month, you know, 20 different clients, 40 different cleans, if they're twice a month or, you know, every other week, um, 40 clients later, you're now completely out of cleaning. And again, that's the harder way to do it. I'm going to bet on myself and just get out and trust that I can make more than 20 bucks an hour selling or doing something else. But those are my two answers. That do you feel like that answered the question? It's tough. I can't, I don't have the person here, so I can't go. Did I answer your question, Melissa? Does that make sense? So I always stick Lindsay with the, the hard one. Did that answer yeah. her question, Lindsay? She's like, I don't know. How would I know what you think? <laughs> I think so. I think it did. Um, yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, cool. I think we've got, if we're done, we could be done. If we've got time for one more quickie, we could do that too. All right. Let's, ooh, are any of these quickies? Okay. Let me try to make this a quickie. Okay, Anna asks, um, well, basically, she's been listening to the podcast. Awesome. And she heard where we suggested scheduling employees under 20 hours a week in the event that someone calls out, making the position easier to fill. How do you suggest scaling the business when you have employees looking to work 30 or more hours per week? Do I hire floaters? It's a really good question, Haley. Or uh, sorry, Anna. Um, yeah, so here's the deal. It's a one of the biggest mistakes younger business owners make, and I've made this a lot, is we make one or two experiences global. Like one person says this, so we, we globalize that for everybody. So is it true that some people want 40 hours? Yep. Is it true that some people want 30 hours? Probably. Is it true that some people want 20 and 10 and 5 and all the way up and all the way down? Probably. I don't know. But again, just like we did earlier in the episode with the residential, like let's just do some math. Let's do a little math here. In any say, there's a hundred thousand people at any given time, right? Um, and say only ten percent of them or five percent are looking for a job. Well, that's five thousand people. Let's say only ten percent of those want a job similar to yours in the pay that you. Want. And again, lower wage stuff actually is probably higher than that, but that's still five hundred. So you need three or one, right? Or substantially less than ten. So of those five hundred, are twenty or fifty or hundred or two hundred fifty or three hundred and fifty going to want thirty or forty hours? Maybe but you don't need all of those. You just need a couple, right? So we don't want to get in the habit of bending our business to meet the needs of one or two or a dozen clients. That's so like me going to Uber and going, I'd like to work here, but I don't like driving particularly. So if I could not do that, or I don't want to make left turns, I'm into right turns. I'll go straight. I'll even go backwards, but I'm not going to go left. Uber's not going to go, oh, geez, we better you know, rearrange our whole situation here. They're going to go, well, that's the job. <laughs> then this probably isn't for you. So when someone says, I need 30 hours, go, got it. We have 20 to offer. And they go, well, I'm not going to work here. All righty, then we'll just move on. <laughs> like that's, And you just continue living as you were, right? And then the next guy. So again, 
if you're trying to hire 10,000 people and there's only a market of 20,000 and 80% of them want 40, yeah, like, we can have a conversation. But when you're trying to hire two or three or four with a labor market of hundreds, I promise you there's people that want that. So don't bend what works for your business to what some people say that they want. Almost all of your clients are going to say, I'd like to pay less. Well, you don't go, well, I guess I'll just stop making profit then. I'll just charge, you know what I'm saying? Or most of your employees would like to make $40 an hour, not 20. It's, but you know what I'm saying? At some point, we've just got to go with what, what makes sense. So hopefully that answered the question, but no, I'm not going to bend my business, hire floaters, bend to their will. This is what, and by the way, spoiler alert, everyone says they want to work 30 hours. So you ask them if they're work, work 30 hours and they get cranky and quit and blah, 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 blah. All right. That, I think that one was the one I got dead on. I think that made sense. I think everybody listening is like, I agree or not agree. I don't know, but at least I know what the heck that dude's talking about. Um, anything we're missing, Lindsay? Anything we need to add before we call it? Nope. Nothing else for today. That's it. All right, Cleaning Nation, growmycleaningcompany.com is where all our good free stuff is. Uh, join the Facebook group, also free if you want to participate live or shoot us an email, support at growmycleaningcompany.com if you want Lindsay to read your question and me to scream at you for a undefined period of time. We'll see you soon. Well, here we are, the end of the podcast, and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me in the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431. 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.